What the hell is the name of this thing? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Barry Horn. Right. He tried to get me in mid-chew. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. You know, we've lost track of what number this is. Do, do we know? Kevin, we can't count higher than 10. We lost track months ago. Months, years ago. Months ago. I think we should call this this one Footballsy, and we should call the, the basket. We're going to do a basketball podcast with Mark Followell, Maverick. We should call that Basketballsy. And then you're making faces. No, I don't like any of this so far. I don't like where this is going. But let's get. I that. like where this was going. You know why I like it? First why? of all, Evan's not here. Let's Evan's not here. Number Evan one, not, yeah, here. not with us. Plus, because he's in Seattle he's, with the Rangers, and we're going to do a, a podcast. But he will do the baseball, the baseballsy right? with us. And but what I do like is we have David Moore here, cowboy beat writer for the Dallas Morning News, who's apparently falling down a cliff or something. What's that noise, David? Are you all right? Whatever you call, whatever you call this podcast. How did it ever get past the first three? <laughs> because because the savvy listener, when they listen, will know the actual first voice on the podcast of any Dallas Morning News employee belongs to you. Yes, yeah, that's, that's right. A big draw. That's a, a really big draw for people. You know what? One of the things that really helped us out after the first three was that we didn't have you on the first three, but <laughs> we did. We did. Just, we had to make sure it was going to take first, and then we got you on, David. We want to talk about your fine column. Uh, was that in Sunday's uh, Dallas Morning News? They all run together for me. I believe it was. Yes, it's hard now in this twenty-four-seven cycle. I believe it appeared on the website on Friday. It appeared in the paper on Sunday. I think I read it on Friday. You know, people would always complain that the newspaper was 24 hours behind. Now it's 48 hours behind. Oh, but, <laughs> well, or the website is 24 hours ahead. Yeah, or, or something. Hours I don't know. It's, like po- a, it's a time warp. Be positive. Okay, I'm Be positive. positive about this. David, you, you covered many angles in your column about Greg Hardy and why he is not a cowboy and why it looks like he will not be a cowboy. I, my, my bet is that he will not be an NFL player this uh, fall. Um, and uh, there were many intriguing angles to that. Uh, you used a lot of uh, information from Deep Throats there in the organization. And uh, the one that stood out to me the most uh, was interesting was perhaps Greg Hardy's influence on one former second-round draft pick, Randy, Randy Gregory. Gregory. Yeah, uh, no one's going to talk about this publicly. And, and let's start this by saying, look, Randy Gregory is culpable for his own actions. Uh, he's tested positive four times for marijuana in a span of 13 months. He's going to miss the first four games of this season under suspension. He he struggles with addiction. That is on him. All of that being said, there is concern within Valley Ranch that Greg Hardy had become a negative influence uh, on Randy Gregory. I, I hesitate to say taken under his wing. I, I'm not sure that it goes that far. But Gregory uh, looked up to Hardy as as the best player on that defensive line. Uh, They formed a relationship. Uh, Hardy certainly did not show uh, Randy Gregory what it's like to be a professional, Uh, was showing up late for meetings, uh, would continue to play. Uh, Randy Gregory is going, well, wait, how come he shows up late and plays and I show up late and you say I can't get on the field? So there were a lot of things, and it was just a concern that – that Hardy is not the presence uh, and the association that they really liked with Randy Gregory going forward. So that is one of many reasons why 
Greg Hardy won't be back. So we we should have welcomed everybody to our first ballsy podcast here, right? What? <laughs> that's a great line. Where'd you get that? I'm not. Well, you know what? I got wonderful wordplay. I, I was the first one to come to put it out uh, out publicly. Publicly, anyway. So I, I I you know I know you I know you you're the guy who said five slam a jamma in Tommy Bond's no, ear. I did not say that in Tommy's ear. <laughs> hey, hey, let me let me ask. I think it's really interesting what you just said here, uh, David. And I and I hate to sound like a prude because one of the things you hear, and I I, I always shudder when I hear this when I'm around sports writers and they talk about football teams and they say, well, you really need some 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 bad guys on the team, a guy. Guys that are, boy, you know, guys are living on the edge for you to have a really good football team. And first of all, I don't believe that. I, I believe that, that when you say that, that's such a ridiculous thing to say, that you can't play football unless you're a bad guy, uh, number one. But secondly, this tells you everything you need to know about why you don't want to bring this kind of guy in because of the influence that he is. Oh, sorry about that. My phone went off. <laughs> because of the influence that he is on other people in the organization. And and, and and certainly somebody like Randy Gregory, who doesn't need to have that uh, in his head anyway. He's got, as you said, he's got enough problems as it is. But it doesn't need to be encouraged. What would the Cowboys expect when you bring Hardy in? That, that's exa- that, that, that he was going to be Mother Teresa in, 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 the, in the locker room? And that's exactly right. And here's what I want to ask David. So, David, the fact that they allowed Greg Hardy to keep playing when, A, he wasn't really that effective. Uh, he, was, he was okay. He was a pretty good player, but he wasn't a great player. And, but, but to allow a guy to keep playing when he's, he's showing up late for meetings, uh, he's been a bad influence on Randy Gregory, whose call is that? Is that, is, is that Jerry Jones who's saying, no, 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 he has to play? Or is Jason just turning the other cheek and saying, okay, all right, I'll put up with this for this year. I just, won't, I just don't want to bring him back. Well, that's Jason Garrett. I mean, uh, Jerry Jones isn't going to dictate playing time and, and uh, uh, how the head coach disciplines uh, his team and who he chooses to play and not to play. Uh, I know Jerry uh, gets a lot of blame for overreach, but Jerry doesn't overreach in that way. You know, I, I, and, I, and that's and that's all Garrett. And again, I, you know, I think what you had here, you had coming in clearly Garrett wasn't. Uh, Garrett was skeptical about this from the start, uh, and he changed his mantra from having the right kind of guy to play for the Cowboys to you wanted someone who could become the right kind of guy. He amended his statement immediately upon them finding Greg Hardy last year. Now, I think he felt that the culture they had in place and the fact that they were a 12-4 and team that in their minds was going to compete for a division title again would moderate behavior and would be the governor, if you will, to, to make sure things didn't get out of control. Now, when you have a team that's not going to win anything and you have big, bold personalities uh, and there, you have the lack of discipline because you don't have the, uh, the structure in place where you're going to win that season, then you have the sort of problems I think you saw with Greg Hardy in the last uh, six to seven weeks of last season. David, I see a hundred, hundreds of thousands of raised eyebrows all across Cowboy land, fan, fandom, Jer- you're saying Jerry Jones has no effect on Jason Garrett on what he does with this club. Is that what you just said? Not on game day. Not on game day. No, not, not, not on if, – if you have a player uh, who's, who's uh, chronically late for meetings and, and you choose to play him, that's not Jerry Jones saying, look, Jason, you have to play him. I don't care if you've been late to every meeting this week. That is Jason Garrett making the determination that we're going to play him in this game. So, look, Jerry has his imprint, obviously, over everything in that organization. But to that level of micromanagement and to say for him to usurp 
the culture that Jason Garrett has put in place and say that, look, uh, I'm going to swing in here and say it's it's not right that you, uh, you know, not take, not let him play this week. You're going to let him play this week. Uh, that that doesn't happen. Well, you know, but to, but to fans, that's not micromanagement. To, to fans deciding who plays on Sunday and who sits, that's not micromanagement. That's that's the most important to to Cowboy fans. That's the most important thing going on. Uh, who's on the field and what and who's not on the field and why. So, well, and that's Garrett. Now, now Garrett and, and Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones sit down on several occasions during the course of the week, and Jason Garrett fills them in on how he's going to approach that game, who he's going to use, and why he's going to use them the way he does. That's kind of talking through the process and, and keeping them informed. And, 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 and frankly, that's, that's to Jason's benefit, too, so there aren't any surprises in the owner's booth on Sunday when Jerry's sitting up there going, well, why in the world is Jason doing this? He knows why Jason is doing that because Jason told him during the week that's how they were going to uh, approach the game strategically and, and from personnel packages. I got to tell you, that doesn't make me feel any better about the organization. It doesn't make me feel better to know. It's one thing. We, we all know what, what kind of general manager Jerry Jones is and how he runs an organization, how he, he wants to construct a football team. What Cowboys fans had hoped for was that, okay, but there's a head coach here who is a buffer for that. This is a guy who's going to make the right decisions, and even though he puts up with some of Jerry's because he has to, he's an employee, he's still going to do the right thing. When you say that, uh, that Jason Garrett is going to allow a guy to be late to meetings and to be this kind of influence on younger players on the, in that organization, and there are no repercussions for it until at least until after the season, when at that point, I, I think if you ask Randy Gregory during the season, oh, do you think that, uh, you know, that he's going to be uh, back you know, the next year, he'd say, oh, sure, why wouldn't uh, Greg Hardy be back next year? So in, in some ways you could say, I don't know what the, the timing was of all this. I don't know when Randy Gregory you know, tested positive for marijuana for the fourth time. Uh, but let's just say that he's out there with uh, with Greg Hardy, and that's when he's, he's smoking pot, and then they test him uh, shortly after that. So the fact that Greg Hardy's a presence on this team is encouraging that behavior. As you said, it's Randy Gregory's decision to do this, right? But, but he's certainly, you would think that Greg Hardy is an influence, and so he's a negative influence who may have impacted the fact that, that Randy Gregory is now going to miss the first four games of this season and is one more failed test away from missing but an that, entire that's, season. that's on Randy Gregory. It is on Randy. That Gregory, is a, that's but, but on Randy saying, Gregory. It is, but you don't need anybody being a bad influence. But you on don't. That. But you don't. Your kid comes home, gets in trouble, and and no, I I, I blame everybody else. No, you don't. You blame your own kids. Because I know what kind of parent you are. And that happens on TV all the time. I yeah. see that all the time. Yeah, time. it does. You're right, it does. Well, I just think that it's certainly you don't need you don't need that influence. And and, and that's the, that's the thing about this that uh, that that frankly stinks about all of it is that he he has he has taken that attitude with Greg Hardy. Now now look now Greg Hardy's gone right. So so now we'll now we'll see what happens with its official. I, I wanted David. Unequivocally, is Greg Hardy gone? Unequivocally, yes. Okay, so okay. Well, well that, then let's move on. Then let's move on. Let's let's move on from Randy Gregory and let's go on to a, an area that I think that the Cowboys fans really want to know. They want some inside information on this, David. We know you have been in the war room taking pictures. You know, casing the place. We know you've seen the big board. We want to know who are the top five players and, on the Cowboys and, board. And let's do this dramatically. You start with five. Let's start with number five. Who do you think is number five? Well, first, let me say that they're they're collecting, they're gathering today, where they're starting to work through their process to actually get their board in order. They kind of 
clearly they have groupings and and they have an idea, but at this point it's hard to say the lockdown who their five is from the standpoint that now you're in the process where people who are going to lobby for each of those five are going to go in and state their case and then other people shoot it down and then when, they'll go through that for the rest of the week and really into next week and that's how they will get who their five are. But I think it's clear there there are a grouping of, of five players uh, up there right now that you can look at. Um, and again, I'm not sure that their their particular order has not been finalized as far as my understanding is. And this, this fits with what they do every year. All okay, right. all so those caveats me, aside, uh, thank you very you, much, you David. Wanna, what do you want to do it in alphabetical order? <laughs> you want to do it in alphabetical order of school? You want to do it on... No, we uh, want number five. Who is number, number five? five? David number Moore five. is drum number roll. five. Drum yeah, drum roll, roll yes. Here we go. Oh, you really do? Wow. Yeah, that's Kevin. That's Kevin banging on the table. By the way, I, I understand the Real Housewives of Dallas uh, may have been in this room last week doing, doing uh, some promotional work. Barry was very fascinated I'm by I'm very this. fascinated by that aspect. <laughs> so I guess that's a, that's our plug for the day. Right, let's move on. Who's it that's going to be, David? That's all you mentioned in the pre-show. Yeah, know, I know. Right? It, it was. He's, he's just salivating about the whole you, issue. Do you think they sat in this chair? No, we're, yeah, I think at that he'd already taken the chair out of the room. <laughs> I've, take, I've taken the chair home with Yeah, me. right. But, all right, give us a five. Drum roll. Okay, well, you already let's had say, the drum roll. Yeah. Let's say number five. From a skill standpoint at this point, Joey Bosa, defensive end. Bosa, Ohio. number five. Number five on the list. All right. wow. before, before we talk about this, let's let's move on. Let's get all the five. No, well, yes. let's talk about this right now because I think most fans would have thought, first of all, when the, when the entire, you know, as soon as the boom, the national championship game is over and we're talking about the draft board here, Joey Bosa was number one on most people's draft list until it became clear that Tennessee wanted Jer- uh, Laramie Tunsil, the offensive tackle from Ole Miss. So I, I, I think this is, a, this is amazing to me, although I will say I saw on one draft board just the other day, I can't remember where it was, uh, that they had Bosa going 10th in the draft. 10th. So what's I happened to him? I find that highly unlikely given his position. Um, now I understand there's some specific needs, and and you could have some quarterbacks go in there uh, ahead of him, but I, I think it's highly, highly unlikely that Joey Bosa gets to nine or ten. Yeah, I don't think he does either. But why do you think he has fallen, David? Again, I, I don't know that he's fallen. I mean, he he is. Um, I I think he's the most versatile versatile and, and ready to play defensive end in a 4-3 scheme in this draft. There's not any question. He doesn't have the, since, since we always say this word, and, and I'll, I'm always amused by it, he doesn't have that quick twitch ability. Uh, he's not real fast off the edge. He doesn't have that premium speed of a pass rusher. And so if you're taking a defensive end as a pass rusher and he not doesn't have elite speed, then I think you knock him down a bit uh, as far as your overall rating. But you still have to look at the position, uh, the fact he can play left or right defensive end. Um, I, I don't know that he's fallen. I just don't think that he is regarded as the elite sort of pass rusher you would hope to get in the first three to four picks in a draft. Is Greg, so, Ellis, is Greg Ellis the proper analogy? No, I think it's uh, with no uh, offense to Greg Ellis, who is a very solid and a very good 
uh, defensive lineman in this league for a long time. I, I would go closer to a uh, a player the Cowboys wanted to have in during free agency, but he signed in New England when they were supposed to be having dinner with him, uh, Chris Long. Oh, Chris Long. Ah, okay. And, and this is a guy who early in his career was uh, went to several Pro Bowls, never had a huge 17-18 sack season, uh, but was pretty consistently between 8 and 12 sacks for about you know six years in his career. So, uh, again, to me, he, he's more of the uh, 10 to 12, uh, what people project is he's the 10 to 12 sack a year guy at his best, not the 17 to 18 a year sack guy at his best. And, and so well, that there's not very many of those minimizes either. his impact. Exactly, there aren't many of those. So I think it's a, when people say, they're not excited about Joey Bosa. I think they're being completely unrealistic. Yeah, I think that. Listen, I think that they'd be glad to have Joey Bosa if they ended up with him. That's fine. It's just oh, I that, think they would too. Yeah, I, I just think it's one of the situations where at four, and maybe you can do a little better. All right, now, David, we are moving on. Number four on your list. <laughs> Jack Miles or Miles Jack. Miles, Miles Jack. Jack. Try that. Miles LA. Jack. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now here's here's my problem with Miles Jack. The guy's all right. He's small and he's hurt. Is he not another Sean Lee? Is he not another Sean Lee? Well, I, he's not a he's not a middle guy. He would be a weak side guy, and he's uh, outstanding in coverage. I mean, he's kind of a he's kind of your fusion player between a linebacker and a safety. And in a lot of ways, he's built for linebacker in today's NFL, where people are throwing so much. You're not going to have to go and use all of these different packages. You can keep him on the field for three downs and not have to take him out because the team's going to go into a passing situation. All right, so if Miles Jack's on the team, give me give me the starting linebackers on day one of the season. Well, it would be – it would be – Miles Jack. It would be – yeah, Miles Jack, Sean Lee, and – Rolando McClain. Uh, McClain. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's a pretty good – that work. That's yeah. a pretty good linebacker core right there. Yeah. Now, that being said – we talk about positional value here. I'm talking strictly on talent. I'm not talking about how right. they weigh these guys with positional value, which is part of what they get into here. They value defensive end much more than they do linebacker, uh, especially a weak side linebacker in this scheme. So, um, you know, I don't think I don't think you will see Miles Jack there. Also, um, but but strictly from a talent standpoint, he he certainly is in the mix. Well, I, and that's what to me with the fourth pick, that's what you got to take is the talent. Take the talent at fourth pick, despite the position. All right, we're going to move on to number three here. Number three, is, is three going to be the name I've been waiting to hear. Let's see, David Moore, who's number three? Carson Wentz. My name, Carson Wentz. Bingo. Wow. So we do have a quarterback in your top five. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's interesting. I think they they like golf as well, and they, and they like Lynch a lot too. Uh, it's going to be interesting once they work through these next 10 days how it's going to sort out and uh, how they rank these quarterbacks. But, uh, they, you know, Wentz, uh, with the upside, with the size, um, the fact they got to spend extended time with him uh, at the Senior Bowl, uh, there's a lot to like about him. Do you do you think? Uh, and speaking of the quarterbacks, do you think there's a possibility that Paxton Lynch slips into the second round? No. Okay. I think when you look at the number of teams in this league that need a quarterback, 
I think it's completely and utterly realistic to think that Paxton Lynch is going to slip into the second round. In fact, I would be I would be surprised if he slips into the second half of the first round. Really, I really would. So, uh, and, and just go back in recent years, where look at some of the quarterbacks that have been taken in the top fifteen mm-hmm. over the last four to five years. Uh, some of those years, people were saying those were second round quarterbacks, and they were taken mid first. I, I just think you're going to see it again. There's such a, a positional uh, imperative to have that, and there are enough teams in this league that don't have a quality quarterback that I just can't imagine that he slips through or another team that desperately needs a quarterback doesn't trade up to get into a spot uh, where they can take Well, s- since, since you said another team that desperately needs a quarterback, do you think the Cowboys desperately need a quarterback? Yes. Yes. That's what you think, but do you think the Cowboys think that? I think that is going to be a very good discussion. Um, I, I think they're leaning. You know, look, you're going to hear talk about are you, going, are you drafting for now or are you drafting for the future? Right. Well, first of all, whoever you draft is for now and for the future. But what, So what you're really saying in that is are you going to abdicate your first pick and an immediate impact to take a quarterback uh, that's going to help you. Let, let's put Jerry Jones' time frame out the window of four to five. Let's just say two to three years down the window, uh, at, you know, two to three years down the road. Are, are you willing to uh, delay the impact of that first round pick two to three years so you're better off two to three years from now? Um, my, my argument would be the reason I would say desperation is because I would argue they have not done a good job to this point of building around Tony Romo. They have by and large squandered his peak years. And how much success have they had with Tony Romo as the starting quarterback? Again, I'm not putting this at his feet necessarily, but you're looking at saying, okay, we've got, we're all in now as long as we have Tony Romo. Well, you've been all in on Tony Romo since 2006, 2007, and what have you accomplished in the postseason? Has anybody yet blamed Tony Romo for being in that AT&T commercial with Jordan Spieth for ruining Spieth's Sunday? <laughs> for ruining Spieth's day. <laughs> for, for ruining Spieth's day uh, at the Masters yesterday. Uh, somebody must. I'm sure but somebody will. Happen. It not, will happen. Now. I'm blaming Smiley for that, actually. <laughs> Smiley, be, because he shot like a 90, whatever it was. He, he went from T2 to T29 yesterday. Yeah. He, he, he was a stock. He, if he was a stock, I would have invested in him, and I and that's why I'm still doing this for a Thank you very much. All right, now on to number two, the runner-up. David this, Moore. In, in case in, number one cannot serve <laughs> – this will be the number one choice. In case we find Dallas out, Cowboys. number one is has uh, been smoking with Randy Gregory. Uh, so here we are, number two, David. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, number two. Well, now there was my number one right there. Here, this is the guy that I think the Cowboys will take uh, because I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. You I, think he'll be there at four? That, well, that's the, that's the question, though, right? Who, who do we that's think? That's the big question. Are the, are the Chargers going to take him? I would think the Chargers would take him at three. I think there's a good chance. Yeah. Yeah. So, so right now, if we or if we're project, projecting, I'm I'm saying that we're, we really think Tennessee is locked in on Tunsil, don't we? Yes. All right. So that's number it, it, one. All appearances at this point, but I think they're also willing to look. If you knock us over with a deal, we're we're willing to move down, not too far, 
then I think they're willing to move down. Oh, so in that case, you would think it would be a team wanting to go up and get a quarterback. Yes, that's that's what anybody wants to do is go up to get a quarterback. Because I don't I don't think there's really a player in this draft that people want so much that they're willing to trade up for unless it is a quarterback. All right, so number one would be Tunsil. Number two for the Browns, uh-huh. I think it's probably if it's going to be a quarterback for sure. So it's either going to be Wentz or Goff, I think. And and the, yeah. and the indications have been it's probably going to be Wentz. They seem to like the size, I think, over Goff. It would be my guess. And maybe they feel like he's more pro-ready because even though he played at North Dakota State, they played in a pro-style offense as opposed to the air raid kind of offense that Cal played, or the bear raid as they call it, uh, with, oh, with, the bear uh, raid. with Jared Goff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously you would like that. So that, that most, like, most people seem to consider that Goff is, is the most equipped of those three to step in and start immediately. Yeah, okay. a very good quarterback. Then the, the number three is the Chargers, and so so you you think they're going to take Ramsey? Here, here's the interesting thing to, to me is that first of all, how so old I actually is, think they'll take Bosa because I think the positional value is going to outweigh everything. Really? So because I, I would still I would still not rule out Bosa at number four. So we're no, I, I don't no, no, no. What about number three? So so number three, you think Ramsey will go at three, right? But 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 here's the, here's the point: is that yeah. Philip Rivers is how old? Old. Old, you know what they call him now? Old, old, man, old man Rivers. Rivers yeah, I, I think he's 36. <laughs> I think he's, what, a year younger than Tony? Well, this, see, to me, this, this is the other interesting argument. Everyone here is talking about uh, the future and look at, look at Tony Romo's age and, and how can you not you know, factor this into your uh, decision-making. San Diego is in about the exact same spot with the age of their quarterback and where their team is. Absolutely, and, and and you don't hear that same discussion going on there. Now you also didn't have Philip Rivers miss, uh, you know, uh, you know, break his collarbone twice in the right. past year, which I which I understand the consternation that brings with it. But but from a from what they have accomplished in the postseason, from what their numbers are, uh, from where they're ranked and regarded as far as quarterbacks in this league, and you look at their age, there's not a lot of difference in Philip. Philip Rivers and Tony Romo. No, Phillip, there's not. Philip Rivers, by the way, is 34. 34. So he'll be 35 when? Next December the 8th. Are you going to send him a bouquet? Well, I just want to you know when him? he turns 35. What are you, he turns, uh, so he's a, he's a couple years younger than Tony, but still an older quarterback. Okay. Certainly a guy. Put that in your calendar. December 8th. Send <laughs> yeah, thank him a bouquet. You. So certainly bouquet. a kind of guy that you you need to be thinking about your future quarterback, too, and yet that's just universally dismissed. You, you never – I have not seen a mock draft yet – where anybody had the Chargers taking a quarterback. I know, and I, I find that very interesting because I think, I think Dallas and San Diego situations are very similar. And, uh, again, the idea is you're not going to be up in this range much more. And uh, how many quarterbacks not taken? Look, there's a big miss. Uh, the the, the risk-reward ratio is still pretty great on a quarterback, even in the top 15 to 20. But you get out of the first round and you talk about the risk-reward ratio, and, and people always point to the exceptions, like Russell Wilson. Uh, Tony Romo, obviously, is an ultimate exception. Tom, uh, Tom Brady. Brady. But go around the rest of the league and, and look at, at quarterbacks who have been on Super Bowl teams or teams that go deep into the playoffs year in and year out. By and large, most of those came in the first round, and they came early in the first well, round. Well, maybe you don't hear about that because Philip Rivers has been a pro ball quarterback five of the last seven years. That's pretty good. Pretty good, absolutely. 
He's uh, pretty he, good. And he's been healthy. But but the point the, the point is the same. The guy is getting close to the end here. You just you know, you you just earned yourself the third pick. Philip Rivers was on the Cowboys. Jerry Jones would say he has another decade to go. Yeah, he would. Twenty years, yeah. maybe. Who knows? So. He'd be his George Blanda. All right. So <laughs> now we moved on to the number one pick. Of the Dallas Cowboys. This is the guy they have number one on their board. On the David Moore's Dallas Cowboy board. Oh, no, 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 no. This is the Dallas. David has inside information, and he has seen the board. He has seen the actual. He has seen Jerry penciling this name in at number one on their board. Okay. With his magic marker. With his magic marker. With, uh, with his fist. Does Jerry actually pencil it in, or does he have somebody pencil it in for him? That's I don't know. He question. does it with the magic marker, yeah. and then if he writes the wrong name, then he'll wipe it off with his other hand. So he has like he wipes it with his sleeve, his hand. with his sleeve yeah. on uh, on his the thousand dollar Italian suit. Yeah, all right, thousand dollars. That's a cheap. Well, that was a cheap one. It's a, it's he in the war room that day. Okay. All right, here we go. I, I, I make, Laramie Tunzel. Oh, oh my gosh, Laramie Tunzel, number one. He's not. What? Okay, let's say Laramie Tunzel is available. No, oh, no, no, oh, no. Here's the you're point was. Take you, don't take, you don't put him on your board? He's you on your board. On board. What we asked David okay. for was his board, and he so gave us a board. What if he drops to four? <laughs> I, you know what? All I, right, so let's answer that question. What if he drops to four? I, I can't imagine they take him. No. Because, look, I, I know you talk about talent and all this, and you take the best talent regardless, but they already have so much money committed to their offensive line not just now, but what they have to pay going forward to keep these guys in place. You have to balance with the, the salary cap forces you to balance what you pay positionally across the board. I don't see that they can devote any more first round dollars to their offensive line and have a truly balanced, well rounded football team. Yeah, it's all out of whack. Uh, but but it's like, all right. So if he's available, they, what, what, what would they do it for? They trade down, right? Because somebody. Somebody, somebody's gonna want him. Somebody you would, you would think. Well, we'll see. That I'm sure they would make some calls around. Say, hey, you want to drop? We'll drop a couple of picks here. You can have a couple of spots here, and then you can have him. Yeah. Give us a second. Give us a second or third rounder. All right. All right, David. Let's let's go back over this this top five. If you want to read those back to us, Barry, who's been recording these? I've been, I've been recording these for yeah, because I don't remember what I said. No. Okay, well, no. Five. You said. Uh, I'm gonna tell you what you said. <laughs> you said Bosa at five. Five. Can, can I get the drum roll too? Oh, here we go. Miles Jack at four, linebacker, UCLA. Carson Wentz, three, quarterback, North Dakota State. Jalen Ramsey, two, cornerback, FSU, Florida State. Free, free Shoes University. That's uncalled for. And number one, Laramie Tunsil, offensive tackle, University Let me of ask you this Minnesota. question now, David. Of these five gentlemen that you have just so magnanimously given us, which of these five will still be available with the fourth pick? I believe Bosa will be available. I believe Miles Jack will be available. Yeah, I, I would bet on both of those. You think Car- you, so? You you think Carson Wentz will be gone? Yeah, I think he will be. I didn't I ask you. So. I, yeah, I, but I, I'm I wanted, telling you. I'm, okay, Kevin thinks so. Kevin, Kevin, could you answer for me, please? Yes, I will. Uh, I, I think the Browns are going to take. I'm answering for the Browns all right, as so well. So then Jared Goff is available. I think Jared Goff will be available. Okay, yeah. David, one of the quarterbacks, right, David? Yeah, uh, I think uh, now it's not out of the question. Golf is gone, and, and Wentz is there, but but one of the quarterbacks will be gone before Dallas picks. That is, now I, I can see a scenario where two are gone, and that would be if, San Diego uh, if you takes have a, a San Francisco, you know, San Francisco jumps up, or, uh. or another team jumps up ahead, so they can get a quarterback 
uh, the quarterback they want. Now, if that happened and Dallas had no intentions of taking a quarterback, now suddenly you have an extra talent there that you wouldn't, and maybe a Jalen Ramsey is there, and it's a decision between Jalen Ramsey and, and Joey Bosa. And I think that the, and, the, the San Francisco thing you bring up is very interesting because the new coach of the, of the 49ers is Chip Kelly, a guy who supposedly, supposedly would be very interested in Jared Goff. Well, let me, let me ask this question. If you're, if you're in the war room and two quarterbacks are gone, do you suddenly start rethinking and say, oh, my God, the value of quarterbacks is now higher? No. Maybe, well, I didn't, I'm answering again. I don't want you to answer. Okay, you say no, but is, is there this mentality that quarterbacks, okay, two quarterbacks are just gone. There's only really one quarterback. We, sh- we should go after him. Do you think that would possibly perhaps happen? As Kevin said, no. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> you know, you do have runs on position sometimes, yeah. and you feel like you have to get it. But when you got the fourth pick, you're not worried about a run on a position. You're you're trying no. to get the very best player you can get. I thought I, thought and, I would pose and, that and question. Four, you know, and here's the other thing, too. At four, it's a lot easier to have your strategy laid out. You know, they, they've been late 20s, uh, mid to late 20s the last few years. You can draw up some scenarios, but – the dominoes can change on you very quickly when you're down at that position. They're not going to change at four. They know, they have a very good idea, the three players that are going to be on the plateau there that they want to do, would want to take, and what it would take to move out of that position and how far down they're going to go. It's a lot easier to set your strategy at the top of a round than it is the middle or the end of a round. So... They're going to be equipped for any scenario that comes up. They're going to be equipped for, okay, what happens if San Francisco or another team jumps in front of us at three? Uh, what, you know, what is that going to do? What options does that leave us? How far down are we willing to go from here? And you're not going to go down far because, uh, you know, it, you're not going to trade out a four and go down to, to ten. I, I just don't see that happening because the, the quality of player is going to be much different than what you could get by standing pat. Well, maybe so, the Cowboys could, could... – Trade four for eight, and then trade eight for twelve, and then trade twelve for sixteen. Don't talk and, nonsense. And this nonsense. Is kind of, this is the kind of stuff that Jerry is is liable to do. I'm gonna, I, think I'm, I think I'm going to call. I think I'm going to call Jerry. <laughs> he likes you, this. and he may do this. Uh, this really scares me. Well, anyway, but you've given your insight and knowledge have been so terrific. Give us the Cowboys' second pick now, second round pick. <laughs> Come on. Maybe, maybe they take thirty-four and move up into the middle of the first round. <laughs> See, I don't even like think. Lynch. And see, I, you know what? I, 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 I'm not even sure I like that idea. As much as I like the idea of them drafting a quarterback, I think they need to hold on to all these picks. These are all, they, these are all such good picks that they have this year. A, a, a rarity to have. The, it's actually not a rarity to have this many for them. They have had in the past several good picks in the top 75, but this isn't another chance for them to have a really good draft. You have two of the top 34 picks. Uh, you're at the top of the, and again, you, you got to jump ahead. Uh, in, with your second round pick, one pick before you would have because right. New England doesn't have one because right. they lost it because of a uh, PSI date. But but, so, but but they have but they got Chris Long, right? Yeah, but they do have Chris Long exactly. Yeah. But but Dallas has Benson Mayowa. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just glad you could pronounce it. <laughs> Thanks for that, David. You've been wonderful. We've loved having you on today. We loved your draft board. Uh, that was great analysis. Next next time we're going to have you on. We're going to get six through ten. We want we want those uh, as well on your board. So Evan's but, been eerily quiet today. Though. Well, a, 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 fortunately, Evan is in Seattle. He's about <laughs> just about getting up out of bed. 
he's probably uh, still dreaming about Nomar Mazara's uh, <laughs> yeah, big day, big day, big debut big day. Debut. But we do have also t- uh, thanks for bringing that up and helping us uh, plug for other uh, podcasts we have this week because we also have we're going to call a guy Mark Followell who's in a hotel room in uh, Utah, I believe today. And uh, that sounds really creepy. Well, no, no, but he, but he, he, he we're going to talk about a team that actually has a chance. Uh, actually has a chance. I'm going to ask Mark about what he thinks about the uh, Real Housewives of Dallas. But 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 and and he'll know because he he's a hip guy like me. Yeah. But 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 he, yeah. th- that'll be a podcast. That, that'll that'll be that'll be a podcast. That'll be a podcast about a team that ha- actually has a chance to be in the playoffs, the Dallas Mavericks. And once they're in the playoffs, oh yeah, stop! Why are you? Nancy, Nancy, all you have to do is get in the playoffs, and anything can happen. There yeah. you go. Hey, and you do know one year the Mavericks were the number one seed and lost to the number eight seed, the Golden State Warriors. He's calling for a reversal, reversal yes, of history. Here. All right, I, I have to text him now. And that that, that was the shortest. Uh, that was the shortest. Uh, what it was the parade tracker that we started running in the first round to accompany the uh, uh, the Mavericks run through the playoffs that year. David, it didn't thank, last that long. Thanks so much for being with us. You were ter- you were ter- <laughs> Wait, you're just dismissing that? <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much so. Pretty because, much, yeah. any second now, Mark Follower will be calling in, and uh, he is not a Dallas Morning News employee, and we want to be nice to him. Yeah, we, we, we can abuse you. But, Dave, you're the best. Great to have yeah, you on. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Please tell Mark hello, and I wish he would have done this podcast. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> And, and we'll we'll ask him for his uh, his draft board his draft board yeah, too. Do, do, were, please were, do. Were yeah. you and he classmates at North Texas, or 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 were you a few decades? No, but Mark and him? I go way back. I was with Dave Barnett, not with Mark Allwood. Yeah, you went with wow. Dave. Bar- I think I thought you went to school with Bill Mercer. <laughs> I took classes from Bill Mercer. Uh, he he doesn't mention you as one of his top broadcasting students. I, I've noticed that. There. There's a reason. For that. <laughs> yeah. Be well. Thank you for being with us, David. Thank you, guys. Bye. And that's another edition of Ballsy. Football, you know, I think, I'm telling you, no, that was we're not doing that. First of all, as the guy who who invented the nickname, I'm not allowing you to do that. Okay. And okay, number first two, first of all, you have to take things and progress and move on. And number two, when you're telling a guy goodbye, you don't ask him a question. I love to do that. <laughs> I know it. It drives me crazy. It's time to go. It's time to go. Okay. okay? You, you you know what they say about Jewish people. You know what they say, right? Oh, I, I you, Jewish people no, need, where we're for, going them with leave, this. Leave, for them to leave uh, an event on time. You have to start saying goodbye as soon as you say hello. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably right. All right, everybody, thanks for coming. Make sure you listen in on our baseball and basketball podcast this week and no, basketballs. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>